You ready, old keyboard cat? Oh, I'm ready. Just smacking away on that Windows 98. This Amazon Basics keyboard, I'll have you know. I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created managers an absolute... Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon. And Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What do you need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking worldwide. Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is Wednesday, November 11th, Match Week 8 recap. And folks, we are right back in an international break week. Grab a pina colada, kick your feet up, and if it feels like we've had one, Every three weeks or so, well, that's because we have. The devil works hard, but Gareth Southgate works harder at picking shit teams. Don't worry, there won't be another international break until the end of March, and so until this break is over, you've got Patrick Crowley here to break down what happened in Match Week 8. Great intro, James. Great intro. Really highlighted me and my abilities, which I think was the best part. Uh, what, what, what do you want to see different out of Southgate before we dive into Match Week 8? Um, I think he sets up teams. I mean, you can compare this to a lot of Premier League managers. I think he sets up teams not to lose and to be tactically, you know, he he recruits people who do what he wants tactically, and that leaves out the Mavericks and the creative people like Grealish, um, Foden, you know, obviously Greenwood. There's been a lot made about that. That's my problem Mm. with him. Uh, you know, we'll always have 2018 and the waistcoat and all that. I just don't think he's that good of a manager. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, Patrick, I mean, setting aside the way I set you up to be like the, uh, astute color commentary person in this, in this relationship, uh, we've been teasing some big things in the works that I want to let you guys in on. We've got a little, another little nibble at the bait for you. So here's my question, Patrick, have you ever wondered if you're a fan that's really in the know? Yes. You have? Mm-hmm. Well, soon you'll be able to know for sure and find out on Last Fan Standing, which is a quiz show app that puts your football knowledge to the test. Just like Prem de la Prem, it's, a, it's by the fans of the game, for the fans of the game. So we're partnering with them. We're par- partnering with the fine folks at Last Fan Standing to bring you a Prem de la Prem-sponsored quiz each week on the app. If you survive our eight questions, also known as our eight rings of hell, uh, you will be crowned last fan standing and maybe even win some money in the process. You didn't hear it from me. You heard it from Patrick. Yes. Uh, so this is, yeah. So this is available to download soon on the app store and Google play and find out more at lastfanstanding.app or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Folks, we're really excited about this one and we hope you check us out over on that platform this month. Yeah. If you think you're uh, smarter than us, it's great. Great chance to prove it. We're coming up with these questions, trying to make them pretty hard. Mm-hmm. They go easy to hard, but trying to make the hard ones hard. So, Carl, mm-hmm. if you think you're better than us, why don't you go get an 8 out of 8, bud? Well, I can tell you he thinks he's better than us, but it's, you know, it's really about proving it. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, that, he and it, it, is, that. it is really the reincarnation of are you smarter than a fifth grader? And you and I are just Jeff Foxworthy in this analogy. Yeah, except um, without like a backroom staff. Like you're actually getting Jeff Foxworthy coming up with the questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that game show if he wrote the questions and did not have a production team. 
Honestly, I'd be interested to know if Carl's better than me. I'm excited for him to take these quizzes. Mm -hmm. Pumped for that. Pumped for that. All right, why don't we get into it? We've got a packed episode. Um, a little a little break from tradition. We kept our promise of an Ask Us Anything, and some of you guys wrote us back. So we're really excited to get into that. So we have condensed headlines to the best of the best. You could call it the creme de la creme, uncreme de la creme. Mm. Wow. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, why not? Sure. He's back. The Arsenal backroom staff draw straws over who wears the Gunner Source costume to paper over latest tactical cracks. Who is it, Patrick? Who's in the costume? I think it's Freddie Humberg. They said he was gone, but I think he's come back in. <laughs> Freddie got fingered. Yeah, yeah, I think he's in there. Gunner Source Show me potato salad. Gunner Source was looking a little shorter to me. I think it's Humberg in there. Yeah, maybe he got knocked down a few pegs, you know, at the just pure embarrassment of being let go during a recession. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Surplus, well, were, to re- surplus to requirements is Gunner James, Source. There were many redundancies. Humberg uh, and Gunner Source were just two of them. How do you bring back Gunner Source? Is he no longer redundant, you know, about a month later? Um... I think that the the performances showed the players really missed him, and okay. this is a this is a this is a big move by the club um, to to you know to try and turn things around. You know, I don't think there's any PR here at all. Yeah, I think whoever's counting beans, <laughs> <laughs> whoever's counting beans in the back room at Arsenal found a few uh, spare coins in the couch cushion. To bring my, favorite, our... my favorite theory is it. I'd I'd love to see it. You know, at the end of the year. Arsenal just miss out, finish fifth, off pops the head, and it's Mesut Ozil and Gunnar Soros all along. <laughs> I was going to ask you, has yeah, I mean, it's not proven that they're not the same person, but going no. on the assumption that they're not, has Mesut been uh, virtue signaling on uh, social media about the excitement of having him back? Is, is no, I haven't, I haven't checked on old Mesut old Mesut Because he, he, milks, he milks that to the extreme. Yeah. Oh, I mean, his... Ozil's PR game. If 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 Arsenal take one thing from Mesut Ozil, it should be his PR team because they've right? lost it every turn. <laughs> they've lost it every turn to Mesut Ozil, so they should just hire his. They, they should. They're firing the you know some of the best scouts in the world. They might as well fire the shit PR team and bring in Mesut's team. You know they can afford mm-hmm. it now. So mm-hmm. I think they should make some changes there. Yeah, but got to make some changes on the pitch too, James. Three nothing to Villa. Not good. Yeah. No, not good. After. I don't know. I was I was so focused on how bad United played. I think my vision was skewed about how well Arsenal played against United. They were definitely a better team. I remember that. They were the better team on the day. Did you feel like it was a quote unquote page turning uh, performance to go and get a result at Villa? Like what? Give me give me the lead up in your mind to this Villa game. Well, in my, in my, no, I mean I thought we were we were well positioned. I mean I was I was just gonna say it, it was I had this odd feeling of like. After the game, being like, oh, well, they beat Liverpool 7 2, is what it is. Like, you know, didn't, like, I had this moment where I was like, that's not that bad a result. This year is crazy. And then, like, I just mm-hmm. sat on it. I was like, yeah, that's 3 nothing at home to Villa. And we looked horrible, <laughs> horrible. Like, they were full value for the win, not even close, right? So it wasn't like a, one of those games that just didn't go your way. Arsenal were shit. And I think that what it, what it did was reminded people, I think, what Arsenal, quite frankly, just have, have to work with. And I, I don't think that they have, you know, less than the Villa team. I don't want to want, want to make that case, but Arsenal are set up in a situation where I think if they can take a lead in a game, they're set up pretty well to retain mm-hmm. that lead. Mm-hmm. But if they concede first, uh, they they're in trouble. They don't they don't have the creativity. They're 
they're they're I think they're well drilled defensively now. But yeah. The, you know, it's an evolution of Arteta's tactics to be able to move forward, and this was the first time I th- I think under Mikel Arteta that I've seen that that team just like flat out didn't show up. They should have gotten a wake up call when they got. Um, you know the disallowed goal less than a minute into a game that should have been right. a wake up call that they right. were flat. Let's get a like, snap two. We we dodged a bullet. Let's get on with it. But they never woke up. They were just not in that game. Not particularly engaged. And you know losing Thomas Party was irrelevant. The team was just not not there. Which is just you, you never want to see that. And that was the first mm-hmm. time under Arteta you've seen that. So I think he's got a job to do over the international break. But I've said it a million times that I'm, I'm here for, for the long haul. And I think we got a long journey ahead of us. Yeah. And, but I, I would like to see some changes. Arteta is a little, a little stubborn for my liking early on. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. to see some changes. I do think it's funny. And, you know, we talked about this offline a little bit, um, just the way the media cycle works these days and, mm-hmm. and the way social media blows things out of proportion. Uh, up until the Villa game, Arteta was the second coming of Guardiola. He was a tactical genius and I'm not saying you subscribe to this. I'm not even saying like necessarily all or most of Arsenal fans subscribe to this. It's just the narrative, right? Like, sure. oh, he's he's transforming Arsenal, and then here comes the Aston Villa game, and all of a sudden he's a fraud. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like they turn on the own spin that they created. Where really, where the rational person should be is to, I mean, you know, as you've mentioned, right about where you should be, which is like, hey, I like some of the things he's done. We're really lacking a creative spark right now. You know, yeah. just like pointing out the issues with the team. Um, and I, I think that's a fair way to, you know, that's a fair way to judge him. And it's a fair way to judge most new young managers. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I'm he, set the, to... he set the bar making the Champions League this season. So, you know, if you measure him against that bar, it's a pretty unacceptable result. And the tactics are unacceptable. If you measure him as a, this is his first year being a manager in a condensed season, weird transfer window. He's doing fine, but yeah. you know he he also set a higher bar. He set a higher expectation, and he's not meeting that right now. I yeah. hope that the board continues to back him, or you know, really backs him, and they give him time to get it sorted. Uh, but his day will come if he does. If he if he I doesn't, mean, you know. If, but I, I I think that you, there's larger problems if if you if, don't let the guy. If you respect him. Arsenal as a club in the history of the club, you can't come in and say anything other than we're aiming for Champions League. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> To be fair, as much as, you know, you'd probably, I mean, this, the league this year is crazy, but at the outset of this, we thought, I mean, I'm leaving aside your predictions. The average fan thought it would be a far cry for Arsenal to sneak into the the Champions League, so it wouldn't have been fully reflective of Arteta if that was the case. However, one thing I wanted to ask you, we know this about Arteta's teams. They are compact. They are, for the most part, well drilled. So when they, when the defense, when the defense is sleepy and they don't show up to a game and they go down one, maybe two, this isn't the kind of team that can come roaring back. You need a creative spark. You need a maverick. One answer there is Pepe. The other answer I know nobody's gonna like, but he's a generational creative talent who's just slapping away on his laptop talking about the moments of the game. Mesut Ozil is another one who, you know, isn't in the squad. He's not going to play. I'm not trying to churn that narrative, but who are you looking to here to, to be that game changer? Or are we waiting till January? Cause I don't think, I think Partey's a great signing, but I don't think he's that guy. Ceballos, I don't see as that guy. Um, you know, Obama young, I don't know if he's that kind of transitional spark. Is it Pepe? What, um, what can kind of help solve this pretty clear problem in the team right now? 
I think it has to be a tactical change because I think Arsenal are doing everything Mikel Arteta is asking them to do, which is, you know, basically funnel the ball side to side until you can kind of create a mismatch and advantage and open up on the wings. And mm-hmm. you know, our creative sparks, uh, you know, it's Bakayo Saka, Hector Bellerin, those guys on the, on the wingbacks, really. Those are the people that are driving the ball forward. So we're not doing it, doing it through the middle of the field. And so for me... I mean, I love, I love the guy to death, really do. But, you know, you, you got to put Lacazette on the bench. You can move your world. <laughs> You've got to set personal feelings and celebration ability <laughs> aside on that one. He Dude, missed a terrible header chance. If, if celebrations, I mean, the guy's got the best, the best sellies in the game. He is one of the smoothest dudes out there. And I love him. And I, he's, he, I think he's a great, I don't want to, I think he's above, above a squad player. I think he'd, he'd crush it as your Europa League striker. And do a great job as a as a rotational guy on your Premier League side, but you know if you get if you can get Gabby Martinelli back in, Bakayo Saka on the wings, I think put you know I, I was hoping that I I didn't expect Willie to be Plan A. I'll tell you that when we signed him, I uh-huh. thought he was going to be a little bit more of a, a little depth guy. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to see Nicholas Pepe try to get a, Pepe's a, supposed a to be your out. guy. You've got Willie and who you signed for free, and you got Pepe who's seventy two mil. Like who's yeah, Plan A? Yeah. Who's Plan B? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I'd, I'd like because here's the thing: if we're getting results and we're eking out these points, sure. But you know, losing to Villa, losing to Leicester, mm-hmm. you know, predictably losing to City and and, and Liverpool, um, you know, you won won a couple games. It's it's again, I like what I see, and uh, but I, I want to. Mikel Arteta says he's going to reassess the system. I hope he reassesses the system. Hope you see a little bit more action through the middle of the field and and mm-hmm. move move a centrally would be mm-hmm. my preference, but. We'll see. We'll see again. I'm here for the show. Um, mm-hmm. What do you, I mean, we're going to talk about? I think um, Villa and what we make of them so far in the season. A little little later on in the show. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll put a pin in them and we can get on to your your first headline. Let's do it. City versus Liverpool. The before going before the the weekend, it, it was it was billed as the game of the week. So here's my headline. Not even Jesus could have foreseen the Holy Spirit of the game intervening on De Bruyne's penalty after a dubious handball decision. Oh man, there was a few there was a few wonky handballs and pen, penalties and VAR incidents yeah. this week. I feel like I'm having trouble remembering yeah. exactly which one. Well, well, spoiler this was. alert: they weren't consistently adjudicated upon. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you that much. There was, you know, there was this one. It, it, it was a fun full circle or funny, not fun by any means. It was actually the opposite of fun. Uh, full circle irony of, I know this has been around for longer, but Patrick, for some reason, I think of this all starting with Mane and Sissoko in the Champions League final. Like that's what this rule makes me think of, this handball rule where mm. he kind of smacked it against Sissoko's hand. Clearly no hand to ball intention. And then ever, ever since that, it's kind of snowballed. But full circle in the sense that De Bruyne hit it against uh, Joe Gomez's hand in another situation where you feel like it never would have been called as, as intentional hand-to-ball, whatever that old sort of like measuring stick was. Lo and behold, a penalty gets called. It happened in the Leicester Wolves game. It happened in, um, what was the third one? I feel like it was Palace against Leeds. Um, but, but it got called in the Leicester game. It didn't get called in the other game. So again, here we are. I don't want to talk about VAR. I don't want to talk about inconsistency, but, uh, it's never been so obvious what a commentator wanted the outcome to be as listening to Lee Dixon willing that penalty miss into existence because he was so upset that it got given. 
It was Dixon's Law in full effect. Ball don't lie. It was a ball don't lie moment for me, James, mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. it was. Now that I'm reminded of the the incident at hand, and yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a dumb rule compounded. Um, the the negative effects are compounded by VAR is what's going on, and it's mm-hmm. you know they say they've adjusted it, but you know it, it, I don't think they've made it clearer or easier. But this is, I mean, the handball rule has always been a contentious call. You know, what yeah. was a handball, what wasn't a handball, depended on home and away before VAR. So I, I feel like it's just always been contentious and we're putting something that's not adjudicated, you know, e- equally and, and every ref's got their own different opinion of it. Things aren't given in one game and are in the next. Mm-hmm. That people are just like, you know, VAR puts the microscope just on how ridiculous the rule and the inconsistencies are. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what's handball, a good handball rule? Handball was contentious in the best of times pre-VAR. You know, that was the murky one. And let's just take a minute to acknowledge the state of the game. Like, like think anyone who watches the NFL football. Think, imagine if you were listening to Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth be like, well, that's not a penalty for me, but I know they're going to give it. Or just blatantly be like, I don't know what the rule is. Because that's what happened. That's what's happening right now when we watch Premier League games. We have exasperated commentators who, even though there is a rule in existence, they don't understand the interpretation and um, implications of it. You just have you people... You most from you... former players, too, because they're, yeah. they, 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 they can put themselves in those situations and they can know just how especially Lee Dixon as a defender. How, how many times did he probably have a ball just rock off his hand where yeah. he couldn't do anything about it and they yeah. never got called a pen? And he's thinking back to every single one of those, oh, he would have been livid. Yeah, it's, it's a crying shame. Um, I, I don't think we talk about the uh, Leeds-Crystal Palace game, but just quickly, quickly drawing a comparison of the handball to the Patrick Bamford offside where he stuck out his hand um, calling for the ball. And they ruled his hand offside. I just saw a pretty funny meme that was like, that is the makings, pre-VAR, that is the makings of a disgruntled Palace fan drawing that up and saying it should have been offsides and people laughing him out of the pub. And now it's just the law. Right. That's Um, a good point. So we're in a strange, strange spot. Patrick, you mentioned Dixon's law, which is the law that judges all rec and court games as we know it the ball don't lie i have an actual dixon's law that i want to propose here and i feel like this would come out of the man's mouth himself love it if you have to look at var to award a penalty you should take the penalty from the top of the 18 yard box Ooh, i like that Uh? i like that yeah wait so if it's not given a pen by the ref but it is by var from the top of the 18 correct what happens you have to, if it's given as a pen but then confirmed to be a pen? Just normal pen? Yeah, that's still a normal pen. What if it's given as a pen and then overturned? Then it's not a penalty. Does the ref then become the assistant or the fourth official? The, the ref gets subbed out. Oh, wait. Dixon's law number two. If VAR overturns your call, you have to sub with the fourth official. <laughs> Oh, man, I love that. <laughs> and it can go back. Your day's not done because that fourth official's not guaranteed. Yeah, so stay sharp, yeah. bud. Stay sharp, Mike. Mike Dean out on the side putting up four minutes extra added time. 
Yeah, well, Andre yeah. Mariner's just putzing oh. around on what should have been his final whistle. Oh, oh man, I, I love it. We're on a roll here, Patrick. And these are the kind Dixon's Law, you have to make a snap judgment about whether or not you like it. You can't dig into it because it will fall apart. You have right. to know in your you have to know in your plums. No, the Dixon's Law is about playing football with your stones and knowing knowing how it's done and doing it that way. That's what it's yeah. about. And I think that, James, as we go on, we put this in writing, we, we get some traction, we get this in front of Lee Dixon, I think he'll be all in. You think so? I do. Okay, if there's, a, if there's a pinnacle... modern football. <laughs> it's true. It's he true. hates it. Fans, friends, family, if Prem de la Prem has a summit, an apex, a pinnacle, it is getting this in front of Lee Dixon, some way, somehow. Yeah, so uh, if you know Lee Dixon, that would be... It would the ideal yeah. path. That's a great start. That's a great yeah. start. Otherwise, I'll go to LinkedIn. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick, it would be a crying shame not to talk about the game itself. I want to first bring you to the team selection and the way these guys set up. We all The narrative was Klopp having to make a choice between Jota and Firmino going into this game. And lo and behold, <laughs> Nick Cage style, I'm taking door number three. He rocks the 4-2-4 FIFA formation, four forwards. God, you have to, you, you can't not love Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, and then when he subbed off Firmino, he brought on Shakiri. He didn't even go to a 4-3-3. <laughs> he just kept it the way it was. He didn't even care. He went for it. I think he so was tired good. of, because they, they, in each of the last two seasons, they've, they've been um, bested at the Etihad. So this is an improvement for them to take points there. And he, he went for all three, surely. That's right. They lost last season in that weird game like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. Liverpool definitely leaving the happier of the sides. Aside from the Alexander-Arnold injury, which brought on that unsavory discussion about the way the schedule's piling up. And, you know, now it looks like Liverpool's got a little bit of a defense crisis on their hands in, in, a, in a side that going into the season we said had the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. We, we did worry about their depth. You know, and this is not, this is not something we manifested or hoped for but these are these are real concerns when you're mm-hmm. when you're when you're at the top you know if, if you know let's just say if Kyle Walker and um, you know Laporte go down then in comes Nathan Aki and and, and Cancelo like they can get on with it it's a right. it's, it's a different story at Liverpool I'm, I'm honestly right. scratching my head Do you move Gomez to the right is it one of the kids I don't know who plays right back now yeah they had a uh they had a kid like Phillips come in and play, and you know he was honestly the the better of the two paired center backs with in comparison to Joe Gomez. Um, but yeah, I mean the depth is going to come out of these youth players, and you know maybe they'll show up, maybe they won't. But it's 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 really unfortunate. I think Alexander Arnold. We were talking about how he wasn't exactly covering him in glory from a defensive standpoint in the lead up to this, but there's no doubt he's a he's an automatic pick to to your defensive lineup so yeah yeah it's, it's it sucks mix. it sucks for you know you, you, it does it does kind of like you know I, I think it opens the league up I think the Van Dyke injury certainly you know the, the Alexander Arnold injury to a lesser degree because he's I think it's what four to six weeks so I, I don't think it's too crazy for mm-hmm. for him you know he'll, he'll miss like six six matches maybe so it it's I don't know what it does to the league. I really don't. I I I have to. I I'm starting to think it's more than more than a two horse race. But I think we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, we we certainly will. Talk to me quickly about uh, City, Patrick. You know they they missed their number nine. Gabriel Jesus back with a bang. 
I think that touch for the goal was intentional. A little bit of Brazilian flair. So they're happy to have him back in the middle, which allows Sterling and Torres to play in their natural positions. What did you make of their, their performance? I thought it was better from them. Uh, you know, I thought they, it took them a while, I think, to get into the game and really settle into what Liverpool were bringing to them. But I thought after that it was, uh, it was, it, it was better. Uh, and I, I thought they were, if I had to pick a side that was better, I'd give it to City. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're, I think they're still missing, I don't, I don't know what Aguero's deal is. The, the guy seems to be really injury-plagued the last yeah. few seasons, yeah. uh, which is unfortunate. But that's, that's how it goes, isn't it? And, and um, you know, I, I saw a stat that you know, Bernardo Silva has only got one key pass on the season. So he's effectively been invisible. And I thought he was, he has he was been, due yeah. for a really, really big season to kind of step in, fill that David Silva void. Um, but he just hasn't been there. And you know, I, De Bruyne was missing, so... They need to get something sorted in the midfield. I mean, I, I it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm almost reframing how I think. I, they're just not. If you look at that squad on paper, they're just not as good as the sides that won titles. They're just not. No. So I don't. Especially I don't when know. you bring injuries into the mix. Right. Right. They're not as good. And they're not as deep. And they seem to have lost their edge. But you know, I, I'm never going to count them out. Of course. But no, I. Could they finish fourth? Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, of course they could. You know, I, I could see them having a fall off. Where at the beginning of the season, I don't think that was on our radar. Nearly everyone on our round table had them pegged as champions. So it's right. really surprising. Right. Well, that was in the height of messy fever. But now you look at a team where they're they're fully centered around De Bruyne. You know, in a team where anyone past the back four was capable of scoring a goal. It seems like it is fully centered around De Bruyne. They were able to feed Jesus, who you know took his chance. They're happy to have him back as the focal point. But Raheem Sterling misfiring, uh, Ferran Torres finding his footing, and then Gundogan and and Rodri. Exactly when you compare it to City teams of the past, they're not haven't proven themselves fully worthy yet. the The cause for comfort, I'd say, if you're a City fan, is the promise of Ruben Diaz and Laporte as your as your back line. And I think Diaz still has to prove himself, but you look at your center back pairing and you start to think maybe this can be our long-term replacement here. Yeah, yeah. I mean D- Diaz, yeah, I agree. He's got it's 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 a it's a position on the field that requires consistency for for people to really believe in you, but mm-hmm. he looks a proper player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Should we move on? Mm. Handshakes in Southampton as English Saints raise the stakes <laughs> on English greats. <laughs> was that a little Yachty reference? It was. Yeah. <laughs> little little social house. Social Love house that. Mafia. Love that. Great song. Uh, mm. Stop stop the count. Southampton at one point was first place. Stop the count. So good. Yeah. So good. Respect on the Saints. They're yeah. going marching. And so here's the thing, man. This is without Danny Ings. And so I watched this game because I bet on Newcastle thinking Southampton's going to be shit without Danny Ings. Mm-hmm. And they just they, they were very, very impressive. Complete team performance. Uh, Che Adams looks like a, a real dangerous player. Uh, and yeah, Ward, Ward Prowse, the rest of them. Theo Walcott getting in on the action. I mean, uh, McCarthy, another clean sheet, oddly enough. Kyle Walker, Peters, and Vestergaard, I think, are real, real solid in the back. I don't, yeah. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but well, they got a solid squad. Boy, did they prove me wrong! I remember when we did our 
transfer mm-hmm. grades animal edition, I said, watch out for what the squad looks like when Danny Ings gets his inevitable injury. I was right about that, but I wasn't right about how the squad would, would look without him in the lineup. And they've, they've performed well up to the task. Um, and, uh, you it know, is Newcastle. The, it is Newcastle. It's the only thing I can Right, of, right. They, well, they, they beat Villa the week prior, 4-3, which is not reflective of the way the game went because they were right, up. They smashed Villa. They smashed them and led up two late goals. Um, so when you look at the team of individuals, there's no one stellar in there, but Hassan Huddle seems to have the juice right now. You know, you mentioned it. He reinvigorated Walcott. Ward Prowse is playing like he wants, he's ready for an England call up. Oriol Romeu has been around for a long time and never stellar. He's just getting the best out of his players. I thought Che Adams was a straight up scrub. <laughs> but he's, yeah, yeah. He's so playing. He's playing strong. So what an amazing run of form they have. Mm hmm. And this was a team last year that was very, very dangerous on the road. I believe that they were one of the worst home teams in the Premier League, mm-hmm. uh, but they won a lot of games on the road. So uh, I don't really know what that means. You know, do with that what you will. Uh, but Ralph Helsenhuddle and the boys, Helsenhuddle, he was one of those managers that he, we were talking about, I forget whether it was last season or, or, or before, where, you know, he, he might be due kind of a call up to a bigger, bigger opportunity at some point. And he's. Yeah. He's proven it so far this he's season. He's proven it. He's Early proven days, it. but he's, he's proven it. Mm-hmm. Well, listen to this, Patrick. After the international break, Southampton go to Wolves, and then they host Man United. So I am really hoping that Wolves, I'm calling them the levy, because I need them to get a result off of Southampton so they don't go into Man United being the hottest team in the Premier League, because right now mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. And they beat, they beat Everton, tied Chelsea. Yeah, they've got some good results. They haven't lost since Spurs. That thumping. That kind of turned their season around. Yeah, they're, they're solid side. I think that this is the thing that's really standing out to me. And obviously the table is, is just, you know, do yourself a favor and look at the, look at the table, uh, you know, first and 15th, separated by eight points. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is just really, really fun. You know, you, you look at the, the bottom of that group, Leeds, Manchester United, you're like, okay, they're going to be up towards the top. You look at the top and you say, okay, what's going to happen with, you know, a Villa or a Crystal Palace? It's a fun time to be a Premier League fan. I think there's so much competition and the people at the top are kind of getting, you know, notched down a little bit. That yeah. If you can really put a solid side together, we saw Leicester do it several times. We've seen Wolves do it. Even, you know, Burnley got into a Europa League spot with a really, really solid, yeah. well-drilled side. The opportunity's there. Yeah, only in 2020, right? Like in this COVID season, no fans, condensed schedules for a lot of teams. We're going to talk about it in our later segment, but anything could happen. This table's wild. So we can, you know, we can make predictions about how things are going to kind of shift back to the norm. But if there was going to be a year where something crazy happened, a la Leicester City in 2015 or whatever it was, this, mm-hmm. this would be that year. Right. All right. Uh, Last but not least, Sheffield's blades blunted as Chelsea yeets its chopper <laughs> on their loadoutless backline. Oh man, as soon as you said yeets the chopper, I stopped listening. You say that one again? <laughs> Sheffield's blades blunted as Chelsea yeets its chopper on their loadoutless backline. Sheffield United's look real bad. If you know, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's that's a very articulate way of leading into my question. <laughs> <laughs> Looking real bad. <laughs> Let's start with Sheffield and then we'll get to Chelsea. 
Last season, Sheffield United, obviously a success story. They took away 13 points from the Big Six last season, which is the most for any club outside of the actual Big Six. And now they're in big trouble. They are the worst, or I mean, let's leave aside West Brom and Fulham. They're sitting bottom of the table with one point. Granted, they've had a pretty rough go with the scheduling, but can you put your finger on what's happening with them? And I'll be honest, I can't. You know, I'm curious to know what you think. So here's the thing. I've actually, you know, watched a decent amount of Sheffield United games as it's worked out. I probably watched four or five of them. And they don't look much different um, than they did last year. So I don't know if it has something to do with we saw how how horrible Burnmouth was with Aaron Ramsdale. So, you know, you would expect a downgrade from Dean Henderson. Maybe the expected goals are just, you know, they're slipping through where they weren't last mm-hmm. year. I don't think that's quite it. I, I just kind of think they got a little bit of a sluggish start. Um, they were worn down. They did not look good after Project Restart, if we remember. Right? They, were, they, they seemed worn down. And so I think they just got a little bit of a sluggish start. And we, we kind of highlighted this early because they had, you know, a, a run of fixtures that you mentioned. Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Arsenal in a five-game span. So four of those teams in a five-game span that they needed to get results out of Fulham, Leeds, Ashton Villa. And they didn't. They got one point from Fulham at home. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. this is literally the worst start you could have. The only thing yeah. you've gotten is a home point against Fulham. Yeah. You could not be worse. No. no. Unless you lost to <laughs> Fulham at home. Okay, there's only one way you could be worse. There's, there's a single way you could be worse. This is the second worst way they could be. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that they're playing that bad. Like, I do think that they'll, they'll get it together. They lost to um, Arsenal by one. They lost to... Um, they lost to Liverpool by one. They lost to City that's what, by yeah, one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they got smashed by Chelsea this week, but... After taking not, the lead, they're not, so... They're not, like, so far off the pace in some of these games where I watch, like... <clears throat> Fulham or West Brom, and they're just getting slapped around. Is it as simple as this? Is it focus and their game prep mentality? Because last season, I think they were all switched on, all doing a job, 11 people thinking the same way and acting the same way. Is it second season blues? Is, is it, is it easy no, enough I to think, chalk it up to that? I, no, I mean, I think they I, – I, I, I still back them. I, I don't think they're, they're, they're going to go down. I mean, I, I thought they were the better team when, in the game that they played – um, against Leeds in the second half, I thought that they really, they really just they should have put that game away. I thought they had chances to get back to Wolves. I think they just haven't taken their chances. So maybe I mean chalk it up to focus if you want. That's definitely possible mm-hmm. if if there's not taking their chances. But you know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I I just I just more chalk it up to quality. You know, I don't I don't think I think it's perfectly within McGoldrick's locker to miss a miss a sitter. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 very I just, capable. Yeah, yeah. Like they gotta, they gotta get it all right, and they don't know it. Right. Well, let's flip the script to Chelsea. Uh, if you know, set aside Southampton, one of the league's informed teams, it looks like their new players are starting to click. Havertz out with uh, with the COVID positive test, but goal goals this past week for Werner, Chilwell, and Thiago Silva, all new players, and that's not even the man of the match in my mind. Two assists for Ziyech, and it probably could have been more. Um, these players are really coming to the fore. And when you when you skin a team and bring in a new starting eleven of world class players, that you can probably expect that kind of thing to happen. Yeah, I mean, if it, you you, you got to be over the moon right now with 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 performances like this. But you know, we did just talk about how this is the the second worst Sheffield United could be. I wouldn't go home celebrating this one. There's <laughs> you know, there's some there's there's some 
results that, that, that Chelsea probably want back early in the season. But looking at the table, looking at where they are, looking at how other teams have stumbled, you know, Chelsea fans got to be saying, okay, you know, we're I'm I'm happy with where we are. I'm happy with how the team's progressing. Uh, you know, we can we can score with anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if we're we seem to have gotten a little bit better at the back, or maybe a lot better at the back with Mendy uh, in, in in goal, and yeah. so maybe we could we could hold our own a little bit. But yeah, we'll, we'll, me, see, we'll see how they do against some of the uh, the bigger sides. The scariest thing to me, and I say scary because I don't want Chelsea to do well. And that's right. Very well documented. The scariest thing to me isn't Werner finding his form. It's not Havertz finding his form. It's not Ziyech finding his form because I thought and knew all those things were going to happen. They're good players. It was just a matter of time. The scary thing to me is Thiago Silva finding form because I didn't know if he still had it and was going to be able to marshal that back line. And and yes, we, we have a small sample size of the entire season, but if he's contributing from a defensive standpoint and also notching crossed-in goals, that, you know, that's, that's, that's a problem. And Mendy is an upgrade for sure on Kepa, who was getting outperformed by Petr Cech in training. So... Yeah, yeah, worrying we, signs. Yeah, and on, on on Thiago Silva, that's you know we're we're getting him at the tail end of his career, and you know neither you or I watch a whole lot of league, uh, so can't really tell you what he's been up to uh. recently. Uh, but what I can say is he was captain of PSG and Brazil, which are you know no small feats. So he's he's mm-hmm. a stalwart in in that position, and if he's even if he's lost a step, you know. It's one of those positions where, yeah, if you know, towards the tail end of the, your their careers, you know, when John Terry or Rio Ferdinand and Manjevic, you know, those the the the, the great uh, center backs of of the Premier League era just started getting beat off of physical, you know, decline. You're like, okay, that's fine, like that I can accept mm-hmm. that. And you know, so Thiago Silva's, I mean, he had a howler in his first first match, but if he's if he could still play physically. This is it's a, it's a very very underrated right. signing of the of the of the summer, probably right. the most underrated signing of the summer. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Let's uh, let's move it right along. We are bringing back Ask Us Anything. That's shout out to our phenomenal initiative this week to put into into practice. But bigger shout out to the Prem Heads for actually writing us in. We have an overwhelming amount of legitimate questions this week. So let's kick it off. Is Will Jones in there? Will Jones is not in here. Mm. He did not contribute. And normally that adds to the number of non-legitimate questions. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, we're acting on a curve right now. But don't worry, we have some curveballs for you at the end of this. The first one comes from at Franco Villa. Thanks for the question, Franco. Do you guys see Leicester as realistic title contenders? If not, what about top four? It's a good question. It's mm-hmm. a good question. He's he's previewing our our next segment, contenders pretenders. But let's go ahead and tackle Leicester right now. Yeah, so I would say certainly a top four contender. Mm-hmm. They should have gotten top four last season. I don't think that they've gotten demonstrably worse, or the competition's gotten demonstrably better. So I think top four still within grasp uh, for the title. I'd have to say no. I'd have to say no. Mm-hmm. Is, what is about that you? It? Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. What about you? I, um, I've got my reasons, but I'll. I, I just. Yeah. Talk no, for five I, minutes about Tiago Silva. So I'll let I'll, I'll let you go here. <laughs> I love the Tiago Silva breakdown. By the way, don't don't take that back for a second. I'll do it again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> Perfect link with Marquinhos now broken. All my all my foothead people know what's up. 
I um I completely agree, Patrick. I think if you're Brendan Rogers, this is the last international break before the long sprint through to the end of March, when when the next one falls. You're sitting there, top of the league. You've been forgiven a pretty bad loss to West Ham that all Leicester fans would want to forget pretty soon. And you're sitting there thinking, we cannot let top four slip through our hands again. You were spot on about the the rest of the league being so unpredictable. Top four, it's not it's probably not what he's telling his players right now, but in his mind, we have to get this. Title race, again, I think it's a bridge too far. I think he's the kind of manager, and I'm not having a go because I actually do put some respect on his name now. I think he's a good manager. Um, I think he's the kind of manager who tells you know his message is go out there and have fun and express yourself, which is definitely a flavor of what you want in a manager. But at the end of the day, I don't think he instills the right message to his players in crunch time. We saw that last season. It was a bit of a bottle job. We saw that in big games against Liverpool. And I don't think they have the full personnel or mindset to go on and win the title. But I would love for them to prove me wrong because I think the alternatives... Well, we'll, we'll get to the alternatives. I'd love for them to prove me wrong, but I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. Yes, top four, no title race. I just think it's depth. I'm looking at Liverpool. I'm looking at you know them getting a couple injuries. I'm looking at look what happens to Everton as soon as they lose you know, Richarlison and Hamas for a game or two. I, I, I just think that Leicester's a little too thin for me. Yeah. For them to be able to withstand the whole season. Things are going well right now. If they stay healthy all season, I would I would rate them as title contenders, honestly. I just don't right. I just but that's just hard that's to possible. do in a condensed season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well this next question comes from Tim Batal. Mm. Thanks Tim. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the question. And it is quite simply, what is Chelsea's ceiling? I believe he's a Chelsea fan, so yes, yes. curious to know. Oh, um, well for me, I'll I'll we'll snake this one. Yeah. I think quite simply the ceiling is a hundred percent a title. And this is again another a little preview of what, what I make of their chances this year. I think they have the most depth out of any side right now, given the way they've been lucky with injuries. Havertz obviously is an anomaly with COVID, but no key injuries to key players. And they've they've come through and and, and their new players who are stellar players are starting to gel. So their ceiling is a hundred percent a title. But think about this. Their run where they found form was against Sheffield United. Ren in the Champions League, Burnley, Krasnodar in the Champions League. They drew United, they drew Sevilla, they drew Southampton, and then they thumped Palace. And then we're back at the 3-3 draw to West Brom. So, favorable run of results there, or sorry, run of fixtures there. Now let's see how they do when they come back against Newcastle away, Spurs, and Leeds. A little bit tougher. Yeah, yeah, this is... um. The, the, the test to, the, I agree. I think that their ceiling is, is a title, but the test, if you want to be a title, a title challenging team is, is consistency. And that's something that frankly, on part side, all, you know, in limited, you know, sample size, because we've gotten what, like 45, 50 games of, of him in the premier league. It's not something he's been, he hasn't been consistent. He's had good, good performances, bad performances. I agree with you on the depth side. I think they can withstand a number of injuries at a number of different positions. And that's you know that's that's a worst case scenario. Shuffling people in good form is something that I think every every title team needs, and you're going to need to be shifting people in and out of that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason they can't win a title. I I don't think that they will. 
maybe that's just me yeah. guarding myself from yeah. watching Chelsea win a title. Um, but I think that I think a good Chelsea season. I mean, no, no Chelsea fan would tell you this, but it's a good title winning season would be a, yeah. a, a title race that they lost. Like yeah. that's what they. That's like a good season, but you don't want to say that. Right, right. You want to be in there. You want to be in and about the thick of the top of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this next one comes from a known prem head. It's our girl Kate at Damali K. Why did KDB have to do me so dirty, mm. Patrick? The ball don't lie. Ball I think I, don't I think lie. that's that's it. End of statement. Kate, the you ball wanna, don't lie. Yeah, and if you want to, if you want to put a little. Man, Cindy, spin on this. Kevin De Bruyne is such a purist of the game that he refused to oh, sink wow. that penalty. Wow! Out of respect to the game, and you want to know he he wanted to make it close, like he just narrowly missed, and he's that fucking good. You put it just an inch wide on the ground. That is the best spin zone I've heard in a long time. It's a good spin zone. It was so good. Part of me believes it. I kind of started to during it as well. <laughs> you were you were talking and then you were like, Ooh, I find, let's see where this goes. Bruyne, I find De Bruyne likable. I like I like De Bruyne. He just he just gets on with it. There's no, I don't think there's any reason he's given you not to like him other than the color of his hair. He also seems like he's just like frustrated at work. Is like the vibe I get from him. Oh yeah, and I actually yeah. I do love how little he celebrates goals. He, Have you he, noticed he's, that? He's so about his business. Yeah. It's like the bare minimum is a goal and an assist per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Last, but certainly not least, it's an appearance from Andy the Engineer oh, at God. Andy Sam 74 Patrick, I'm going to let you take this one. How will the U.S. election results affect the English Premier League and Prem de la Prem? How will it affect question. Prem de la Prem, Patrick? So the English... <laughs> <laughs> how will it affect was the Premier League and Prem de la Prem? So how will it affect yeah, the podcast correct. and the Premier correct. League? Okay, I'll start with the podcast. Um, I think it will remain, you know, largely unchanged um, as far as like the content that you get and you see. You might have a little, a little bit more, um, you know, looseness, maybe a little less rigid nature to some of your hosts at times. Maybe some something less triggered in the world going on, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think a marginal impact to Prem de la Prem. Uh, to the Premier League, um, stock market's quite frankly over my head. I could think maybe that could have something to do with it. I know, James, you're, mm-hmm. you're a stockholder, Manchester United, so I don't know if... Uh, stockholder, Patrick. Stockholder, that's right. I forgot. Uh, I'm... I, Truly sorry to have mistaken that again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as a stockholder, uh, maybe 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 uh, a Trump presidency would have been good for you. I don't know. Um, so maybe maybe there's an effect there. Yeah. We don't uh, like Andy. to take a stand. We don't like to take a stand here too much on Prem de la Prem. But what I will say is, I think we're past the unhinged wave that I was riding when the election was in doubt and Manu was performing badly. Not to say that. Man, you won't perform badly in the future. In fact, I guarantee it. Uh, but the election is over. So you don't have the double whammy that we had to ride out for the past couple weeks. And I think that spells good news for Pendle Prem. Unless you like seeing me unhinged. In which case, DM me. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Slide on in there. All right, Patrick. You yeah. have a segment. So we oh, teased- wait. Sorry, real quick. Yeah. 
Thank you guys for the questions. And oh, if yeah. this and if this doesn't prove anything other than we will answer every and any question you give us, try us. Um, hit us up, Prem to Prem Instagram, and we will catch you next week for more questions. That's all I want to say. Great. Yeah, we teased a little bit. Um, we're going to talk a little contenders and pretenders. And we're going to talk about basically everyone outside of the big six. We talked about this off air and decided if you looked at the the big six, you looked at their ambitions, Liverpool, Man City, title still within grasp for either of them. Everyone else, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Spurs, is, uh, you know, is the Champions League in grasp for them? Answer is yes. So don't need to spend too much time there. Maybe before we before we go into the rest of the teams, James, do you think any of uh, Spurs, Chelsea, United, or Arsenal are title contenders? We talked that Chelsea could win it. Do you think that they're a contender? I do, Patrick. Sucks, I think two, doesn't it? I think, I think two of those teams are title contenders. You think Spurs too? I think Spurs is a title contender. I think it's Mourinho really not a, a, a good is, day for an Arsenal fan to, to have. It's to not a good day for an Arsenal fan. Yeah, you probably realized that about the time Harry Kane headed in a scruffy 89th minute goal away. I was to like, West okay, Brom. yeah, fucking second season Mourinho is here to and play. And he's got his Instagram up. Oh. Yeah, Patrick, I'm here to tell you. I gave Mourinho too much I love. I won't rehash Chelsea because we talked about it in, uh, in the Ask, Ask Us Anything. I think Spurs, I'm not saying they're going to win. I think they are in the title race with second season Mourinho. And for me, right now, you can book it. Yeah, I don't know what you'd be booking, but you can trust the opinion. I think they have the best front three right now in the Premier League. I think they have the best player in the Premier League right now. For me, Harry Kane Agree. is, is Agree. Player of the season. Kevin De Bruyne for me with Agree. him doing this right now. playmaker role. Caveat is right now, but I think him, Hyungmin Son, and Gareth Bale are the best three, front three in the Premier League right now. And that's a testament to how much Firmino's fallen off. Yeah, it really is Firmino being ass is driving that. So yeah, that's my answer to Probably. your uh, title contender question. Yeah, I agree on both of them. Um, and I also agree with your omissions of both Arsenal and United. I don't think either of them <laughs> That would be a wild move. I still think there's. I still think they're in the Champions League mix. It's way too early to be throwing uh, yeah. any sort of fits yeah. about that. But yeah. I, I do think that they'll continue to have lapses in their performances, which will push them off the pace. Patrick, if you want to do mental gymnastics, um, if you win your next game and Chelsea loses their next game, you're tied on points. Mm-hmm. And let me take it a step further, James. That's automatically taken our eleven goal differential down to nine. Chelsea losing us winning. It's only we only got to win by ten. Boom. Right, right. Done deal. Usurp them. Okay. What else you got? What else you got? Oh, we got. What Leeds else you got, now, Andy? So we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, let's dive into the other teams. So Leicester City, we talked about them a little bit. They are currently top of the table, eighteen points. We don't need to rehash this again. Both think not title contenders, but yes, Champions League contenders. Spurs are in second. Liverpool tied with them, both on seventeen points. Moving to fourth at Southampton. We talked about their performances. James on 16 points, currently in fourth. Are they contenders? What are they contending for? Or are they pretenders? I'm not what even going to ask you if they're a title for? contender. I know they're not. What are they contending for, Patrick? Are they a Champions League contender? Are they? Is this fourth a uh, 
Here's what I'll tell you they're contending for. Here's my take. Proof to other prospective players and the board that they are a launching pad of a good team. And there is a kernel there that can go and blossom into a Wolves, per se, who's challenging for, for the Europa League. So I think Southampton are well and truly contenders for a top eight finish this season. And I think if they do that, they sell themselves as a launching pad for players to go and grow their career and maybe even win European football in the future. So this is, yeah, this is a, a season for them to put them on the map. Put them on the map season. That's a great way of describing it. Put them on the map season. I, I agree with you. I think that that's what, they, what they're on about. Um, and I don't, I don't think that they're, you know, uh, uh, immune to a, a sharp fall on the table out of the top 10 either. No. You know, well, I, don't, I think that could very well happen. I think what I would caveat here but, is they are going to go as far as Ralph Hassan-Huddle takes them. And if he leaves, they're right back to, right back yeah. to where they started. And I think too with them, if they're able to, you know, stay in fourth, third, you know, fifth, sixth, that region, like into like match week thirty and there, and then they fall off into eighth. That's a lot different than if you know they start to fall off by Boxing Day and then they're right, you know, pedaling right. around mid table and finish eighth. So it's about staying in this, the fun talk of like, oh, are they real? Are they not? For a long time, I think that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah, we're a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they got a long way to go. Obviously, Chelsea's in fifth on fifteen points, tied. Ashton Villa, James Villa's had some interesting, interesting right. results this season. Right. Some marquee wins, some puzzling losses. Obviously, yeah, we're ruling them out. As, I'm just going to call them not title contenders. Are they Champions League contenders? What's their ceiling? What are they playing for? Patrick Villa. Pains me to say it because we know some Villa fans. They're pretenders. They are pretenders, and I'm following the math. I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the mental gymnastics on their results. They've had amazing results. They've had terrible results. They are too volatile for me, Patrick. And I think that signals drop off in the future. I think Ross Barkley was a great pickup, but can he have a rena- a full renaissance season? Jack Grealish playing out of his mind right now. If he can he keep up these numbers throughout the entirety of the season? I don't think so. And I think they'll find their level. So pretenders in the sense that they will finish the season below 10th place. Interesting, interesting. Um I don't have them quite as pretenders. I have them I have them still I think I have them finishing right around right around mid table right about now. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think that they are contenders for European football. I think that they have the pieces in place to, 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 to pull that off. I, I think that they're, they've got a, a strong defense. They're good in attack. They're fast. They're physical. And, you know, Dean Smith is, you know, someone I've paid a lot more attention to since our conversation with Jack. He's been someone I've been really impressed with. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like them as a squad. And quite frankly, for me, it comes down to who, who they've gotten these results in and the manner by which they've done it. They smashed Liverpool. Obviously, that's an aberration for Liverpool, but you have to you have to at least look at it and look at the team who did it. They beat Leicester in a tight one nothing game, so they're able to hold off on a result there. And they just completely outclassed Arsenal 3-0 away from home. Right. So, for me, 
the ability to compete with the teams at the top of the table has to make you a contender for European football. Sure. On current evidence, sure. I can't argue that. I just, I just have a hunch that mm-hmm. it is not sustainable. Trust your plums. Trust your plums. Yeah. yeah. That's our All other right. saying here on Prime. We've got three more teams here to get through, James. Okay. Um, seventh in the table, 13 points. All three of these teams are on 13 points. We'll just list them off and we'll go through them. Everton, Crystal Palace, Wolverhampton, Wanderers. Everton, should I... Should, do you want me to do just Everton or all three? I would like for you to treat the world as your oyster and go on whatever journey you please. Okay, I'm going to go back to back to back. I am going to go with Everton. I think they are contenders in that I think they're contenders for a European place, meaning Europa League, which is where they're at right now. So I think they're contenders for their current position. And the reason I say that, Patrick, yes, they're in a troubling run of form, but I think they have the right squad personnel. They just need to get lucky with their injuries because they obviously don't have depth, but Ancelotti will get back in January to remedy that. When they had Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, James Rodriguez, um, you know, Sigurdsson, Allen, when, when Decore, when those guys were all clicking, they were a force and they were top of the table at the start of the season for a reason. They have shown that they're good enough and they will get a European place. Crystal Palace... They are pretenders. You know this is a podcast that loves Roy Hodgson. But again, you look at the players who are probably outperforming what's expected. It's another season where Zaha is carrying the team. I don't see standout players unless Etze really comes into his own. I don't see standout players that will keep them in this this place of ninth or sorry, eighth. Wolverhampton Wanderers, put some respect on that name. They are contenders. They are ninth right now. I expect them to leapfrog Palace. I expect them to leapfrog Villa and Southampton. Um, They're a good, solid team. I think getting rid of Jota was a loss. We've talked about that, but they are still no jokes. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So I agree with you on Everton. Uh, They are in a troubling run of form, but they tied Liverpool. Good result for them. We talked about how good Southampton was. Bad result against Newcastle. And then, you know, 3-1 to, to, to United, not the end of the world, you know, for them to lose that game. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned with them. They were very, very impressive early in the season. Depth, big concern, obviously. Crystal Palace, agree entirely. Uh, I just think they're a, a, a bang average team. You know, I think yeah. they, they'll be They the are the definition the of bang average. Like, if I yeah. could pin them for a place, it would be 10th. Mm-hmm. Right. I would, if you asked me what place Palace finished last year, I would probably tell you, like, 11th, 12th. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I think it's... Right in the middle. Actually, I think it was like 13th, mm. but... Well, 13th, keep talking, 14th. and I will circle back. 13th or 14th. I'm going 14th. Actually, I'm going 15th. Trust my Last gut. season? Last season. 11th. Yeah. Told Wait, you. no, right sorry. That time. was... No, I'm sorry. That was how many wins they got. They finished 14th last season. Ah, yeah. Okay, so I was right. I got the number in You there were somewhere. closer to being right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, wait, let me just can Wolves. I can, let me just read this to you. These are their seasons in the Premier League going reverse order. 14th, 12th, 11th, 14th, 15th, 10th, 11th. Bang average. So they were better when they came into the Premier League in 2013. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they yeah, they're right they're right in the mix though. I mean they're 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 a team that's they're a, they're a stalwart in the league. They're not mm-hmm. going anywhere. So mm-hmm. that's a, it's nice to have those types of teams around. Wolves yeah. James 
I actually have to disagree with you. I think that they are pretenders this year. I do not think mm. they are in the mix for European football. I don't think that they have their attack sorted. I don't think that they have really... I, I think that they, they lost more than we may have thought in this transfer window, and I don't think they've brought in okay. nearly okay. enough to replace it. Well, I think a- they really lack um, some of the gusto needed to kind of push on and, and uh, mm. you know really get some... You know, get really get European football this year. So that's that's a healthy disagreement. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. We could do more of that. So any um leads leads on fifteenth. We've in fifteenth place on ten points. Are you giving them any sort of a shout? That's the only other team that's on here that we've kind of talked about rising up. Leads in fifteenth. Ah. Uh, do I think they'll finish above fifteenth? Yes. Um, who did I reference? Villa. The, the, leads is similar in the sense that they have so much volatility about them. Can they attack? Yes. Can they defend? Not really. Um, Bielsa has them playing like bats out of hell every week. So is it entertaining? A hundred percent. But does that con- convert to, you know, draws on tricky away games to to Newcastle? Does it convert to you know wins all the time? Maybe not. So. That's mm-hmm. my take on Leeds. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think Leeds will get in you know mid table ish. I don't think they're going to push on further further than that. But they are. Are they, they a are great real... addition to the Premier League? A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 tied for most goals conceded. So, <laughs> like they're 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 bringing that. They're bringing most that coolers the sat on. That'll actually be good for Arsenal playing Leeds. I think that'll be good for them because Leeds will just open the game right up for yeah. them. Oh yeah. It's like the one thing you can't do against Arsenal is like open the game up for them. It's the only. I way was reading. I was reading a Michael Cox article who does the tactics on the Athletic, and he says that Bielsa man marks eleven to eleven or ten to ten. The entirety of the field. That's amazing, <laughs> dude. Those guys got to be in such good shape. <laughs> a full field of man marking. You know how exhausting that must be. So ridiculous. So it's why they it's why they always start to like fall off in like the 60th yeah. minute because yeah. it's impossible. Oh my god! All He's right, just sitting there crouching like I need to find <laughs> players who can last longer. <laughs> the stamina must be improved. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think Patrick was that it for contenders pretenders. I believe so. Yeah. Well, we're curious to hear what you all think about the teams who we've just praised or slandered come out in defense or agree we'll hear from you next week let's move on to the home stretch of segments the ones you all know and love patrick do we need a little bit leave it i'm going to give you the floor if you want to say anything but i'm also willing to move right past it let's move past it for time i had something planned but Mm, okay for time cut for time there's no match week next week okay we'll bring it yeah okay next week you had a little something prepared i'm I'm very curious Mm -hmm. freak of the week patrick I'm going with that man. Don't look now, but Adamola Lookman. What are you doing, son? He gets the vote of confidence from his team, Fulham, to take the game tying penalty, and he goes for the Sergio Ramos Panenka. I don't think bottles it is an appropriate word. He doesn't lift it off the ground. Fabianski could not have been more grateful to collect it in his hands, and the whistle blows right after. It doesn't get more gross than that. It's a it's a friendly reminder that Fulham will be going down. Yeah, yeah. Just just when you thought like, ooh, graft a result at West Ham, 
You're and they going played, down. They played well in that game. They were bringing the game to West Ham in the first half. They, and this was off the back of what I thought was a good performance. But I also told you to bet against them. Hope you did. It's mm-hmm. just they 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 just don't have it, James. They don't have it. They're not. It's it's not their level. Um, mm-hmm. But they're they're putting in some some good performances. They're starting to be a tougher out, which I think is if if you're going to be relegation fodder, at least be you know putting in a shift. Agree. Uh, my free for you. Mine's going to be um, Sergio uh, Regulon. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. So he said this week. Uh, that he was very impressed uh, by how well Bale knew the language and was able to communicate with his teammates. Wow! Um, and just I can't figure it out because Regulon's still on loan, so it wouldn't really be a good move for him to be, you know, kind of taking jabs at, or, or he's got a buyback clause or something like that, right? Yeah, he's got a buyback clause. He's yeah, not so he could go back to Madrid. So it's, it's not smart for him to be taking any jabs. So is he just like genuinely impressed that Bale knows English? Wait, hang on. I thought, no, he's talking about Bale knowing Spanish. No, no, he's talking about Bale, like talking to his teammates at, at Spurs. Oh, wait, you lost me. Say it. What's, what's the context? Well, now you're going to make me go look up the quote again. Who? Okay, so Sergio Reguilón is impressed that Bale knows English? That can't be it. That's how I read the quote. <laughs> I, I'm fairly certain Reguilón, I don't know the quote, but my guess is that he's impressed by how much Bale knows Spanish, which was like the big narrative in Spain that he never just like bothered to learn Spanish. Yeah, that's Otherwise, what I'm saying. I think he was just impressed that he knew his English. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird one all around. Well, yeah, we can move past it. We don't need to hang here. <laughs> he was so, quote, so, he was so impressed trouble. that Bale knew how to speak English. Yeah, I was pretty sure. Uh, I was pretty sure. Because I was pretty sure you were saying he was acting as a translator right. for him. Well, that's the Crowley stamp of confidence yeah. on on the freak. Hey, I'll take it. I don't claim to be it. a credible source, James. I don't claim to be a source at all. <laughs> <laughs> My goal of the week, Patrick. We chose a hell of a week to bring back the goal of the week recap on Instagram. Booty because goals. it was a booty week. No disrespect. I wrote down Gabriel Jesus and Che Adams because I was going to make a split-second decision, and I'm going with Gabriel Jesus. I'm riding the lightning in deciding that that touch was Brazilian brilliance and not just a complete dumpster fire first touch that just worked out because Alexander-Arnold was marking him improperly. So I'm going Jesus, a nice turn and finish to bring City level against Liverpool. Mm. I'm going with the good old the good old Che Adams side volley. Uh, yeah. in a in a lackluster week. It was a it was a thumping finish, great technique. Yeah. Good hit. But you know, one it, was, one it had a bit of a half pretty much yeah. everyone to take. It had a bit of a half volley. Well, that's a bit of banter. <laughs> it had a bit of a half vol- volley about it. Yeah, yeah. No respect just... on the uh you know, when I was making it, I thought for sure like Etsy's free kick. Was the uh, was the like surefire goal of the week? But it, it kind of slow. It was too it slow. Faded on me. It was a bit of a keeper error, wasn't it? It was a too slow of a free kick. Yeah, 
if it's one of those loopers, I'm like, okay, the guy should have got there. Yeah. We need to do a, I need to have a Pepe Silvia board of how I rank different types of goals. Yeah. Right next to the website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the wall. Right on the wall. All right, Patrick. It's your time to shine. Degenerate District. And I want you to shine because I want you to take credit for the way these locks be hitting different. Well, I don't have any new picks because the lines aren't posted yet for the international break. But it's 6-2 and two on the locks through eight match weeks, folks. I don't know if you call that printing money, but mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Pretty good if I'm your go-to guy. So um, I'd keep riding with me. I'm figuring things out. Um, maybe we should ask me anything about how I'm making these picks and my logic. Last episode, I gave you kind of a live stream of consciousness, how I was doing my picks. Um, so maybe I you don't really think that there's much to the process, but uh, there's a lot that goes into it. I got a question. Yeah. Is it true that Arsenal ruined your donkey? Yes, but I did hedge it, so okay. it worked out. Okay, yeah. but they were the one team to let you down on the... Uh... I'm, I'm honestly, you had more faith in United this past week than I did. Yeah, no, it's, it was, and, 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 and I have, I have faith in Arsenal against Leeds. Like, I think that, I think that those bounce teams have a teams. lot in common in terms of their ability to turn in poor results and then bounce back. I mean, so yeah. there's something in the yeah. mentality of the, each of those two teams. Strange. Know? So it, it's interesting. And I also do think that there's a, I don't know whether it's the manager lays into him or there's just professional pride at that level that kicks in, but it seems like when big teams have a poor showing and a poor result, they show up the next time out. Mm-hmm. Um, Pep's Manchester City is proving that to not be the case a lot of times this season, but most other teams do have that bounce back. Yeah. Well, why don't you go off, King? Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you go ahead and make your picks? And then everyone else who does not want to listen to that, go ahead and jump off the line. Well, the <laughs> first thing I do is I, I just look at the odds and I go off my ends. If I see something that just stands out to me as obvious, like Burnley Brighton, I think I bet the under on that game every single season, two times a year. It's yeah. two and a half, even odds, two goals, even odds. I think you're going to win like three times out of four. You know, so there's certain things that just you, you can just expect to be duds. Certain things you can expect to be crazy. I got I got it wrong, but Wolves leads I expected to be like a, a shootout. It wasn't. It was mm-hmm. exactly the opposite. It was mm-hmm. a one nothing game. So that's kind of how I look at things on the surface, the over unders, and then just um, really if I'm getting even odds on a big six team or close to even odds on a big six team against an outside big six team, I'll throw I'll, I'll roll the dice on that. Sure. Seems like a safe bet. Um, and then I love, I love just kind of the the, the mid table matchups because every now and again you can get a team that's like plus three hundred. You get you get like a like a Newcastle Palace. You might have one of those teams like plus three hundred, and I'm like, I don't know how the fuck this game's gonna go, but plus three hundred. Too tasty. Too tasty. Yeah, yeah, and you know you 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 you'll probably win like you, you need to win like forty percent of those if they're. It, you know, obviously the other teams have faded 40% yeah. of those underdogs. So you got to be selective about it, but there's some good ones out there. Yeah. Kind of lucked out, but remember wolves, wolves versus leads earlier this year it was plus 200 for wolves. And I was All like, right. okay, that's a team that's already proved it versus the up and comer. There's a young, the young bull. You should have the old bull coming up with the young calf. You want the young calf, of course. And yeah, the young calf just couldn't hang. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the surface level. I could go deeper if you'd like. I also bet a lot of corners. 
<laughs> Patrick, I think, it, I think I you should it, save the rest for your book. Yeah. Um, last point on corners, now that you've gotten me onto this segment. Okay. Um, I think that after the first 20, 30 minutes, if there's a goal in a game in the first 20, 30 minutes, you could figure out how many corners there's going to be with a pretty high degree of certainty. And you just wow. took it. Wow. Because you could feel the game. And where does a corner come from? It comes from like one team pressing down the wings, pressing the force and the odds. If they're not doing that, or if they are doing that, they're going to stack up. They're going to stack up. And I've, it's, it's, I got a pretty high hit rate when I bet on it. It's like, it's like 70, 70, 80% when I actually take those bets and pay attention. You the have algorithm. to be watching the whole game. You have to yeah. really watch the game. The algorithm that Vegas doesn't want you to know about. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, just try it. Watch, watch first 30 minutes of a game. Say, go look at the over-under corner. And just see how you do. Do five. I bet you get three of the five right. Damn. I don't think it's hard. Well, there, there you have it. I mean, we'll Some pick it up just next... come naturally to me, James. Yeah, right. No, for sure. No one's doubting that. Mm. We'll, uh, we'll pick this up next week when we have actual things to offer your expertise on. But I think for now, that's a nice little just window into your soul and your brain. That's what happens when you, you send me a segment and I got nothing prepared. Right. So right. I don't know what just happened, James. But I, I just opened Pandora's listening. box. That's what happened. Well, folks who made it to the end of the episode, thank you so much for listening. We are going into our international cocoons, but we will emerge next week, even though there's no footy, and we'll get a nice little episode for you guys prepared. And then we'll be back with a bang when the Premier League comes back to town. Patrick, if COVID didn't exist and you could fly anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Australia. Australia. Bang, mate. That is the episode. Thank you guys. On behalf of Patrick, this is James signing off for Prem to Prem. My first thought was Timbuktu. <laughs> Why didn't you send it on Timbuktu? I don't know. Fine, I'm halfway to Timbuktu. There's a reason I haven't stopped recording. I might slot it in there. <laughs> Damn it. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.